0: So maybe we'll see more more of that in the future. I hope so.
1: Well, well we definitely need to because I mean uh, all the generations coming up need to be exposed to it. They need to understand that construction is actually pretty dang cool. N- not yeah. everybody needs to be needs to be engineers anymore. I mean, you know, const- right. construction construction is the new cool thing if you ask me, and they all need to know that.
0: Yeah. Oh, man, I I love you saying construction is the new cool. It it really is. <laughs> um,
2: Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to the CM Mentors podcast. My name is Matt Graves, my co host each week's Kyle Grandell. What's going on today, Kyle?
1: Hey, doing pretty well, Matt. I'm camping up in northern Minnesota. I couldn't be any happier. How about you?
2: I'm just waiting for your awning to blow off again this week.
1: Well, we'll see. Uh, weather is rolling in, and as my luck would have it, so if you see me see me run, that's probably what I'm doing. <laughs> and, ho- and hopefully I come back this time.
2: Came back last time. I was worried for a second. You were gone for a minute. I was like, you might not be back. <laughs>
1: Well, I I ran to take care of it. Then I was like, oh, crap, I got a podcast. No, I'm kidding. I I knew what was going on.
2: I didn't know if a bear broke into your camper or what happened. So,
1: Wouldn't be the first time.
2: Well, this week's guest is Erin Kahn, and she's uh, in the construction technology realm. So we thought we'd bring her on and talk all about kind of the state of construction tech. Uh, So welcome, Erin. How are you? Yeah, Yeah,
0: thanks. Thanks. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Kyle. Uh, doing well. Um, we had uh, our fair share of weather where I am in LA, uh, the hurricane you might have seen. Um, <laughs> so hopefully I won't be running out too. But uh, yeah, good to be here. Thanks for having me on.
2: Did y'all get too bad flooded or anything like that?
0: Uh, actually, no. Um, I think it was it was quite different depending on which area you were in. Mine was pretty much good to go. Nothing too crazy. So thankful for that.
2: That's good. I was talking to a guy yesterday. He was from the Southern Florida area and the hurricane yeah. just blew through. And he was like, I was on the other coast. We're good. We just got a little bit of wind. We're all good.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: So anyway, so for people who don't know who you are, you want to give a little bit of a background of yourself?
0: Yeah, the, uh, my, my origin story. So um, you guys know my name, Aaron Kahn. Uh, I was actually telling Kyle a little bit earlier Born and raised out uh, in New York on the East Coast, and then came out to LA for school and essentially just never left. So I'm a little bit of a transplant here myself. Um, But I studied civil engineering at USC. So for any of my Trojans out in the (laughs) audience there, fight on. um, I have to do that. Um, And had a really awesome experience in school, learned a ton. Got exposed to a lot of amazing concepts, and that's when I had my first uh, internship and my first foray into the construction world. Um, I guess officially, so I was learning all this amazing stuff in school. Out on the job site, it you know was a little bit different, uh, maybe a lot a bit different, where <laughs> there was less technology than I thought there would be. Processes were very very manual. Um, and pretty much from day one, I was super passionate about changing that and being more efficient, being more effective, using technology to have better outcomes, be safer, better quality, and essentially, you know, go home on time if if that is a thing in the industry that we can make happen. Um, so fast forward, you know, a few years, uh, a bunch of different experiences. Um, I really... I really found my passion purely in technology and innovation. Um, and then for the past four years or so, I had the absolute pleasure of being a construction um, solutions director at Suffolk Construction, um, first in a regional capacity, then in the national uh, role, just focusing on technology, pilots, innovation, working with construction teams to scale up solutions and all sorts of fun stuff. So. Um, absolutely amazing experience, but I did still have a few other things I wanted to explore in my career and especially in this industry. So um, took the leap to kind of set aside corporate life for a little bit, Uh, went out on my own, started uh, my consultancy, so Aaron Con Consulting, uh, where I focus specifically on construction, technology, and innovation, um, both for builders and contractors who need a little boost to get some better tech and processes in place, and then also on the technology startup side to help uh, startups build better, more relevant solutions for builders. So uh, today uh, that's that's essentially what I'm doing.
1: That's so awesome. What what, um, what what kind of projects did you work on when, in your internship? I'm curious what uh, what yeah. you did that you really liked that really piqued your interest?
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, so my first project and probably my my favorite one, um, probably a little bit biased, was uh, renovating the USC um, Heritage Hall where they have all the Heisman trophies. So as a student <laughs> oh, in their yeah. senior year, yeah, <laughs> that Very was cool. pretty cool. A pretty cool experience. Not to mention, like in LA, being able to walk to your job is unbeatable <laughs> when it comes to the traffic so that was a, a huge plus um, but I think what I personally love about the industry and and what I have loved about my roles since you know I started is the variation that comes day to day so every project's different every team is different um, the challenges that you're facing are, never going to have the same solution. So there's also this element of creativity that's brought into the whole coordination process. Um, On top of that, uh, something that I I truly love and appreciate is working on great teams. Um, Construction is essentially this massive team sport. You have to coordinate subcontractors, vendors, your design team, um, align, uh, you know, values with your client and your owner to make this thing come alive that essentially was, you know, at one point just a concept in somebody's mind or a literal like napkin scratch. And then um, by bringing all these players together, uh, essentially as like, you know, that team sport, you're able to create something that's going hopefully to last for many, many, many years to come, so it's a really cool legacy that's that's left behind. Um, so, yeah, I can keep uh, geeking out about why the construction industry is so cool, but those were some of the the biggest reasons that definitely drew me in.
2: It's construction is definitely the ultimate team sport, and with as many yeah. people as you have involved and as many like differing you know perspectives and differing motivations, right? Because you have all these different little yep. teams different contractors trying to work together It's a. have said it before but it's amazing anything ever gets built like it's just yeah. it's, it's just it seems magic that things actually happen
0: yeah yeah massive yeah, even even in,
1: even, even, in, even in spite of matt and i running projects things still happen to get built somehow <laughs> go I, figure
2: despite my greatest efforts they still work they still get done <laughs> things still
0: get done yeah no yeah um so definitely. I'm
2: also, I did civil engineering as my bachelor. And I'm going to, I'm just going to go out on a limb here and guess whenever you got out on your first project site, did you start off as a project engineer or is that where you started or?
0: Yeah. Project engineer intern and then engineer and senior PE. Yeah.
2: I'm going to suspect the first time you went out there, you didn't know anything about anything.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yep. That that was Um, my experience. I didn't know it
2: a the middle. I didn't know an RFI. I didn't know.
0: (laughs) Yeah. The, the learning curve is quite intimidating um and in my experience being like a young uh tiny millennial brown woman that was like even more like oh my gosh we're really throwing her (laughs) into the deep end here but um, i think i've always been surrounded by again like amazing team members who were very supportive Um, And one of the biggest challenges I had, you know, coming into the industry so green was just getting a comfort level with being out on site. So um, one of the, I guess, pieces of advice or things that I found helpful was um, one one of my managers basically saying, like, look, just go out and walk the job like five times a day five times a day like just just go outside and look at it ask questions Mm -hmm. and maybe I didn't go out five times a day maybe it was like two or three but just getting out there seeing the work that's going in place and then putting together like the concepts that you're hearing in meetings and all these things and then connecting it with like the actual you know what's happening literally in the dirt today (laughs) Um, experience really brings it all together Um, so I find myself even though I'm like a quite a few years removed from that boots on the ground experience, I always end up coming back to those um, things that I saw on the site because it's just so valuable. And there's really not much of a, a better way yet to kind of learn and absorb that information.
1: That's definitely true. And I swear, yeah. Matt, we had this discussion recently on one of our, one of our episodes, but uh, it's the same Cody. thing for me yeah yeah was cool. yep, yep,
2: i
0: was yes, thinking so about
1: was that
2: nice. what she was saying that like the trailer is not the field
0: yeah yep. yeah yeah
1: well but yeah. the first guy that i worked for as a cm he basically said yeah i don't ever want your seat to be warm get your foot <laughs> yeah. out in the field
0: there we go yeah and uh there there is a lot of important stuff that does need to get done unfortunately or i guess it, it's just uh, the nature of the business right that has to be done in the office but yeah. Um it, Making that connection out there in the field is absolutely essential. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm definitely overdue myself for a site walk sometime soon.
2: When I when I first started with a mechanical contractor, like I had done more civil type stuff before that, and I was looking at mechanical drawings. I'm like, I don't know what any of these things are, any of these symbols mean, or you know, I, I understand <laughs> what ductwork work looks like. You know what I mean? Yeah. I understand what, but so I literally like I'd wait till the end of the day when like the crews would go home, so I wasn't in the way of them. And I take my drawings and I go out in the field and just like look at the what installed and look at the yeah. paper. Look at and like trying to piece together like what the paper looked like in the real world, you know, like that. And I'd spend an hour out there at the end of the day for a lot of days just walking around looking at yeah. what does it really look like? I know what it looks like, it's just the lines on paper, but
0: it's yeah, yeah. Absolutely. That. Um that that's a good point to make, um, especially like in light of the capabilities that are around today. So um take that example of like bringing out the drawings, looking looking up and around and trying to see what you're building. And I've literally done that exact same thing myself, um, like just trying to envision, okay, this is going to be a bathroom, this is going to be a lobby, but I can't really see it. Yeah. Um, but with technology today, now you you can, and it's actually not as difficult as you might think to do so, which gets me so excited for the new generation of construction industry professionals that are up and coming because they, in theory, I I hope uh, that they will be able to leverage these types of tools to essentially just accelerate that learning curve, kind of get over that initial um, hump and then be able to contribute in more meaningful ways to the project. Um, So yeah, uh, things like, Augmented reality, virtual reality, like so. Today, we can take an iPad that has your model. Instead of holding up a two D sheet of drawing, you can literally, literally hold up uh, like a an augmented reality or you know a three D model of your project site. And you're not envisioning it; you're literally seeing it. What it's going to be. Um, so that's you, that's really powerful.
2: Have you seen when they do? So one of the first newsletters I ever did. It was like in the first ten anyway. It was with Argyle. They're doing uh, AR yeah. with the glasses. And yep. they did me, it was like a recorded demo they did for me. And I put it on the newsletter. That Very was cool. wild. It was yeah. like, they had those AR goggles on. And, um, and basically they were walking through and they could see all the stuff. And they showed me a video where it was yeah. like, it was like basically the bin model floating in the, underneath the structure and you could see the ductwork and the pipe. And like, it was insane.
0: Yeah. And what's also insane is like just how um, far technology comes every single year. So uh, it's, just accelerating more and more and more. It gets easier. Um, the hardware is getting improved uh, incrementally as, of course, as we evolve through time. So I'm really looking forward to where some of these uh, tools will come into play with future um, construction efforts. Well, Looks that's
1: cool. really interesting because, so yeah. I mean, we have, a, we have a HoloLens headset with, with Visual mm. Live. And so we've, do, we've done the same thing. We've, we've loaded our building yeah. software and been able to walk around in the field. And I've, yeah. and I've actually been able to see some conflicts, which has been super cool. Like yeah. out, out in the field, I have the HVAC ducting loaded in the model. And then I see, oh, we got a piece of steel in the way. I better get yeah. that moved before it's a problem. You know, little things like that can right. save tons of time and, and money even. Um, yeah. But there is still an element like that, that particular setup that I don't feel the hardware is really quite caught up yet. Like mm. we're having a hard time using it. There's a lot of... Um, a lot of limitations as to what it can handle. Cause in the industrial yep. setting, there's a lot of curves, a lot of piping, and it's just not quite there yet. It seems like.
0: Yeah. I, I 1000% agree with that, Kyle. I've seen it myself too. Just um, running pilots, maybe a few years back with uh, the HoloLens and like a Trimble XR10, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it is getting better, but to your point, yes, there are some issues that kind of bar, more use cases and more applications of it um i think also like there are issues with um drift or accuracy where it can't quite get there just yet mm-hmm. to be to like kind of get the exact use case that many people are looking for but it's very close um mm-hmm. and uh, yeah i i do agree so i also this is um Uh, pretty timely because I also just uh, completed a collaboration on an industry research report on augmented and mixed reality. Um, This was in collaboration with Placer Solutions. So if you want to check out the report, um, check out uh, placersolutions.io. It's on there on the website somewhere there. Um, But we interviewed both tech providers and... um, and builders who are using AR, MR technologies. And that was pretty consistent. Like, yes, we understand that the hardware probably needs a bit of work just to kind of make that easier. But um, something else that I do wanna highlight as well, uh, and this goes with like any solution, any, any construction team member, um, the first time experience of using that tool or solution is so important. So if it's, you know kind of janky clunky takes you a while you're standing around scratching your head how do i turn this thing on it's probably not gonna go beyond just you know maybe one or two people on the site so um if it's not quite ready and you don't think people are gonna <laughs> have a good first time using it probably wait a little bit to kind of figure out how to smooth that, smooth that so
1: yeah. well said well said. You, you you really have to nail that demo to try to sell people on it. Otherwise, they're going to say, oh, this is crap. This doesn't work. And you're like, well, hold on. No, it's actually really, really cool. You just got to give it a give it the proper chance.
0: Right. I, I, I like to say, you know, think about it in like three clicks or less or three minutes or less. What is somebody getting out of it in that mm-hmm. amount of time? And there has to be something, right? Because... We live in a world where, you know, our attention spans are so short nowadays and there's so much um, around like instant gratification and we have to go, 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 and we're always on. So there's not much um, forgiveness for taking somebody's time and attention. So it really matters.
2: I think it's got to be super intuitive, too, because like Mm. when's the last time you read any sort of user manual, like those don't (laughs) exist anymore. Like. Every app on your phone you ever downloaded, you never read a user manual. You download it, you open it up, and use it, right? Even the first time, right. you know how to use it. It's super intuitive. Yeah. Um, even if yeah. so, I think if it's not intuitive, and they open it up, and they're just like, "How do I even? I don't even. I don't have time for this." You know?
0: Yeah. That, that I think what you're getting at, Matt, is like human-centric design. Um, yes. So yeah, it should be natural. I think. We're getting better at that as an industry, um, because just by nature of like, you know, it's it's you're going to have a hard time being successful if it takes a million um, different training sessions to try to get up to speed, uh, so to speak. So, yeah, uh, I'm a huge fan of the intuitive look, feel, use of the software or whatever it is that you're working with. So I want to
2: ask what. Oh, go ahead. Ooh, yeah. Well,
1: well, I'm I'm gonna derail us, so you go ahead first, Matt.
2: <laughs> well, I was gonna write down your question so you don't forget your derailment. But uh, no, I was just gonna ask, what is, what are you most excited about right now in construction technology? That's actually gonna make the biggest mm. impact on the industry. That's not just a shiny object. I've seen a lot of shiny yeah. objects, and I mean, some people might even argue, in mean, reality is a shiny object, you know, but.
0: Yeah, you could you could argue that Um, I think there are some very practical use cases, though, that that would address the shininess of it and say, like, no, this is a tool, like a real tool with a capital T. But (laughs) 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 Uh, what I'm excited about is not maybe again, not really so much the shiny object side of things. It's it's honestly the learning and development component that we were touching on earlier where, you know, you're this new person you're thrown into the job site oh my gosh i don't know anything how do i actually contribute value to the team um i also think in light of the labor shortage that the industry as a whole is just experiencing it's going to be absolutely critical and um, we uh, it, it is it is absolutely critical um that we capture a lot of the historic builders knowledge that is retiring out of the industry because we and I've seen it start to happen where um, we're having to reinvent the wheel when, you know, maybe the wheel was already invented at another project and you just didn't know about it. And now whoever did um, had that expertise is gone and now it's, it's just poof gone. So um, we really need something to kind of stop that. uh, I would say like it's, It's kind of like a leaky faucet of leaking out that industry knowledge to really maintain it and keep it um, within our organizations and within our industry um, so that we can continue to innovate instead of hit a wall of, oh no, we lost all this knowledge and now we don't know how to build. Um, So where I kind of see this going um, are probably a bit more sophisticated platforms with content management. I kind of also think to uh, like chat gpt or gpt like uh, capabilities where you can ask a trained bot a question about something that bot is trained on a gazillion you know far more resources than one individual human could ever be trained on and provide you at least you know a summary answer or some insights that you may not have thought about that are that are useful to your day. Um, so I think that'll be really exciting to see where that goes. Um, and then as a follow on to that, um, other areas of technology and capabilities that I'm excited about, it wouldn't necessarily be just one um, type of technology or platform, but I, I rather think it's going to be very interesting to see the interplay um, between the data integrations between different different things. So um, let's say, for example, we have a robotic, um, I don't know, a robot that's able to walk the job site. It's integrated with, you know, reality capture. It can, you know, show us a projection of what the job site looks like and give us a smart readout with chat, GPT, or GPT capabilities. That's something that, you know, we haven't really looked at that level of data integration. So as we start to knit together these different platforms, um, I'm hoping we start to see cohesion and another level of insights that we haven't been able to yet unlock in the industry.
2: So badly want to build a construction GPT that actually has good knowledge (laughs) in it.
0: (laughs) Right, right. Um, Yeah, it'll be really fascinating to see what that looks like. So there, there are a couple out there, um, that are probably able to, you know, understand some basics. Um, I think, uh, one that comes to mind is Rickava recently that I saw, um, R a, oh, I might not spell it right, but <laughs> Rickava. Um, you can, you can Google it, but, uh, that's, that's one, I think that had a construction GPT, like something or other. So, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's minute, fast. Um, Technology goes fast.
1: Oh no, it's it's, yeah. it's crazy. Um, what um, a minute ago you were talking about like kind of capturing some content from the older generations as mm-hmm. they're you know getting getting further on in their careers and stuff. Have you seen any really good platforms, processes, systems, you know, for for doing that? I mean, you, yeah. you can tell them to sit down at a computer and type stuff out, but I'm sure that's not what you're getting at. So
0: right no it's it's, and that's probably not very realistic right Um, the gpt machine (laughs) (laughs) yeah feed it (laughs) Uh, download your brain into this (laughs) thing um (laughs) uh, i guess short answer kyle is no i haven't seen anything that's been super great about establishing that um the best i can think of is you know maybe some crowdsourcing learning management systems where uh a company as a whole, um, has a specific capability for employees, you know, anybody within the organization to post a lesson learned and then it's, it's shared in a shared database. But other than that, yeah, I haven't seen anything that's been truly, you know, stand out like, okay, this is the way that we need to do this moving forward. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Um, maybe it's a a process that mm-hmm. is done at the end of every construction project. You know, even if it's not a tenured person, like every single team says, here are our lessons learned. And some companies are doing that, but I think yeah. the lack of standardization kind of makes it a bit difficult to actually get something that's useful out of it at the end of the day. Um, so yeah, if uh, if there are any... Uh, startup solutions out there that want more ideas or thoughts around learning management. Um, feel free to pick my pick my brains. Yeah, uh,
2: loop me into that conversation because I've had a lot of thoughts around it as well. I've mm-hmm. even wanted. I thought about yeah. one of my million ideas. I have. Um, yeah, is to have like a a kind of a I don't like it'd be like a, some sort of community, kind of closed off community, mm-hmm. uh, almost like a peer group or something like that. Of sub, I'm thinking subcontractors, but you could do it whatever. But really making it almost like a Reddit or something, right? Where it's mm-hmm. kind of like a chat forum where you can ask questions, get answers, but it's like kind of in a safer community where, right? You're not re- worried about your general contractors, worrying about you're not getting those guys giving you answers. It's like, and you can share your lessons learned and you can build upon it and also have, yeah. you know, share your post-mortem meetings. And this is the stuff we learned on this project and right. And you probably have a lot yeah. of people that are takers and less givers in a, in a community like that. But so if you could crack that code, like that'd be a very valuable thing.
0: Yeah, it it would have to be. Uh, oh, Wow, we're yeah, that is such an interesting <laughs> concept. Uh, we can go down that rabbit hole for sure. But I'm thinking um, it would be amazing if it were, you know, a joint, like a, a collective industry mm-hmm. initiative. Yeah. Um, but then that gets into sharing data, and you know, nobody wants to share their
2: s- quote secrets. It's all secrets. Things. secrets. Yeah. yeah, your secrets aren't secrets, man. <laughs> <laughs>
0: the secret sauce um,
2: I mean there's those there's some sort of like peer groups executive you know, yeah. peer groups and that sort of stuff um, but you know it'll be it's just like the presidents of like five plumbing companies from all over the country because they're not competing mm. right from five different states and they'll go meet together and retreat and they'll share stuff but like that doesn't trickle down to kind of the, the, the project managers and that sort of stuff right. right they don't have any sort of resources outside of their company or outside of you know, maybe like a local networking group of some sorts. But like, even then, I don't think most people go to those sort of things. So,
0: yeah, I I really think um, like educational institutions will have a big role to play in filling that kind of gap. So, mm-hmm. you know, any sort of acad- academia institution is a little bit, it, you know, once at least one step removed from um, being right in the industry there. Uh, so that's potentially one way it could work out. Um I also hope to see an evolution of, you know, curriculum in schools as well, where some of the construction skills are, you know, taught a little bit more um, uphand as like a standard. So maybe I had a, a, an atypical experience, but when I was in middle school, I was exposed to like wood shop and metal shop and those were <laughs> some of my favorite courses. And quite honestly, I think really influenced um, my ability to see myself as, oh, yeah, I can build things like yep. it's not that hard. I did it in, in school. Um, <laughs> so I really hope to see more things like that come back into your regular curriculum, um, which doesn't seem to be um, super prevalent these days, at least from my level of awareness. So I yeah. think there's
2: a grassroots campaign to bring that sort of stuff back but I think we're, you know, we're probably about the same age. So we probably had that. I had Woodshop in junior high, seventh grade, and I could have done yeah. fifth grade, but like, it was an elective, but most people didn't. like. It was very small people that did it, right? Yeah. Um, but I, and then I, I guess it's, I don't know. I'm so far connected from elementary schools and junior high schools now, but I think it's yeah. mostly gone, I guess. So that's at least what I hear.
0: Yeah, we'll, we'll have to see. Um, some programs are, are pretty good. So I know like Ace Mentor, for example, um, yeah, supports you know bringing in... Uh, architecture engineering construction straight to high school middle school so there is there is some of that so maybe we'll see more more of that in the future i hope so
1: well, well we definitely need to because i mean uh, uh, all the generations coming up need to be exposed to it they need to understand that construction is actually pretty dang cool N- not yeah. everybody needs to be needs to be engineers anymore i mean you know const- right. construct construction is the new cool thing if you ask me and they all need to know that
0: yeah oh man i i love you saying construction is the new cool it it really is (laughs) um it really is Uh, and i think a big piece of like appealing that way or like essentially marketing construction as cool like is is technology like nobody wants to you know do things slow and painful like we want the latest and greatest we want to be cool we want to you know have um access to you know the the best the latest on the market right so i i truly think um with bringing in the startup community to the construction industry it'll help accelerate that feeling of of coolness if you will um Mm -hmm. and uh, improve the vibes i don't know how my my lingo is but (laughs) there There we go yeah yeah (laughs) Um, but yeah, basically, uh, basically say like, no, the vibes are cool. Come on in. Like construction is amazing and super, super rewarding. Um, and I think for me, I kind of just went with the flow with how my career progressed. But one of the things that I, I was, you know, very, um, happy about is that at each stage of my career in the construction industry, it was extremely satisfying and rewarding. Especially being able to, you know, see the impact. Um, one, you know, just building projects is pretty damn cool. Um, and then two, being able to improve the way we build for the long term vision through technology is also like an amazing thing to be a part of. So it's a big um, transformational shift that I think we're experiencing together as an industry and that, um, is definitely something worth being a part of. Yeah.
2: I'll let you back onto your derailment. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, well, it wasn't super important, but I was, you know, we are talking about, <laughs> we were talking about, um, getting things intuitive and I was just going to sidebar us that it, there is, there is a, a boundary to that. Sometimes you can try to make things too intuitive and it becomes mm-hmm. unintuitive. And my example, <laughs> My example is the, is the Google Drive. I don't know if either of you have used it, but I when you try Google. to share yeah. files on Google Drive, it's a freaking disaster. And I hope somebody from Google hears that because <laughs> we tried to, we tried to do it in my project and it is terrible. All the permission settings mm. and I I mean, after you figure it out, I mean, I get it. It's really intuitive if you already know how to use it. But if you don't, it's awful. So,
0: yeah. That, that was all. Yeah, no. I I feel really on it. Um Gosh, it, it kind of speaks to the the sentiment too, or like the reality rather that um, there are amazing solutions out there. Like Google, obviously, is is great. Um, G- Google Drive works; it's fantastic. It covers a lot of things, but it's not thought of as construction specific. And I think that's where we see like these these tools that are you know standout amazing solutions out there kind of fall maybe a little bit short because they just didn't tweak one or two things that are really tailored for the construction industry. And I think a lot of um, uh, like tech forward people who maybe don't have the construction insight get surprised at first when they just see the level of complexity that we're dealing with on a daily basis. Um, So it's, Kind of like, well, you, you have to really open up the hood to see what we're doing in construction mm-hmm. to understand why some of these things, which should be easy and intuitive, may not be at first. Because um, there's a whole other world going on that we're coordinating. But
2: yeah. I've seen a lot of construction technology. I've talked to a lot of construction technology companies in the last year, and I got real interested in it. And a lot of people reached out to me just kind of because what I'm doing, right? And um, a lot of people... They're from. I think they just see the construction industry is so far behind the times. They're like, man, this is mm-hmm. a cash cow. I can come in here and make a billion dollars, right? And yeah. so, but they don't understand the details of the construction industry, right? And, I mean, for instance, I was talking to a coworker. Uh, we were just talking about something, and we we're talking about estimating. I was like, I'm surprised there isn't like a AI takeoff. There may be something out there that completely does your whole takeoff for you in AI, right? And we yeah, talked about that. There's
0: maybe one or two out there at, at I, this point, yeah. I
2: figure there's somebody playing yeah. with it, but you know, it's not hasn't had wide adoption and those sort of things, but was talking about it and we're just like, what would it take to do that? I was like, well, you probably have to take your drawings and somehow not to confuse it. Somehow make sure it has layers so you can pull it out and all this sort mm-hmm. of stuff. And he's like, just upload the BIM model. I'm like, oh, that's genius. But then I was thinking about it and I was like, well, if somebody wanted to create that and you upload the BIM model into it, well, you're never going to have the BIM model at bid time, right? So your plumber, they're not yeah. going to get the, a good BIM model at bid time to be able to run in there and do their bid takeoff, you know? So like, it's just, yeah. so the good stuff, it's crazy. You know, because you know, you can't hardly do, there's a lot of art to a takeoff that you don't get out of like the two, you can't just purely run it into a machine and, because, you know, you may not have the footage on a drop or something, right? You may lose 30 foot here and there because you're dropping floors and like, how do you, how's the machine understand all that? And so anyway. Yep.
0: Yep. That, that yeah. reminds me of this workflow. So I was um, speaking to a, a colleague of mine and they were explaining the process that they just went through to get a submittal approved for, for fabrication, um, of like a formwork. And it just blew my mind that the way they explained it was that the architect models, a specific geometry, it's slightly more complex geometry in Rhino it's exported as some shape, some blob into Revit. It goes from Revit to uh, the teams to kind of price out and figure out how they're going to actually, you know, build the thing that's a blob. So they have to take the export, you know, take the Revit file, export the blob that's technically in there, put it into CAD, do some dimensioning in CAD, push it back into Revit, I think, to get all the approvals, or maybe they get the approvals in CAD, And then once they have that good to go, then they send it to, like, the fabricator, and the fabricator redraws it again back in Rhino. And I was like, wait a minute. (laughs) So (laughs) you're telling me this this thing that you all needed to coordinate started in Rhino, went through about, you know, three to five transformations, then ended up back in Rhino? Like, but couldn't it have just been... up front. And it's like, well, no. And like, here's all the reasons why. And each, um, each person in that chain of that process has something very specific that they're contributing, whether it be a certain design intent or the ability to actually dimension it. So it's buildable versus the ability to take that dimension buildable thing and make it so that you can produce a form for it, um, on a CNC machine. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's levels and levels and levels of complexity that you'd you'd never even really imagine. So, yeah. Wow.
1: And 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 Aaron, you've just alluded to my biggest pet peeve and frustration with our construction industry is our adoption of technology. And when I say that, what I mean is there is a single piece of of, of software that does one thing really well, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Like, so Point I, I mean, issues, my, yeah. how many how many apps are on your phone right now? A, a bazillion of them. It, it's the <laughs> same many. thing with. with yeah Yeah. construction project too i mean maybe like Procore is really good to do a lot of things but it won't do everything so you still gotta gotta have your cad you gotta have something else for your your back end bookkeeping and something else for your i mean i'm just i'm so sick of having so many (laughs) different pieces of software and programs because when i bring somebody new on board to get them up to speed and train them on all the different oh my god it's just a headache yeah
0: it's a lot and I've been asked too, so like, how many solutions are your teams using? I'm like, well, end to end for the project life cycle, like about 50. And yeah. that's like, that. it's literally <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so um, in different phases of the projects, you need different things. And then of course, every company has their standard systems and then project might have a specific requirement, the owner might have a specific requirement and it just kind of explodes. so um, this, this phenomenon, I think, um, we talk about it as tech fatigue. So, (laughs) so basically all of the users are basically fatigued out. They don't even want to look at another tool. Like why can't it just do everything? Um, which is going back to earlier on where I'm like, well, I'm, excited to see where the integrations go with these different platforms because that if we can solve that that will solve the human element of the tech fatigue and then in theory then where you know running without being weighted down anymore um so to speak
1: i'm i'm that person aaron you solve that <laughs> for me please I, oh, bring, man. Me, bring me the integrations i want the integrations
0: yeah yeah bring <laughs> on the integrations i i love it um so Yeah, it's it's funny you mentioned Procore as well. So great solution, but I think their app marketplace, their integration marketplace, has like four hundred something plus uh, integration partners. The last time I counted, which is very impressive. So um, people will
2: use those. I don't know a single. um, I know a lot of people use Procore. I don't know a single person that uses the integration
0: they they probably do it, if it's set up it um depending on how it is so from what i understand at least a lot of times like you can turn on like an embedded experience so it seems like you're just in pro core but it's actually like pulling in other stuff but yeah yeah i i am not a Procore expert by any means but that's what at least i've um had set up on projects that I've worked with in you. the past as well. I've been yeah. through that
2: marketplace like I want to make Procore better and I'll scroll through the marketplace and look at stuff and I'm like I don't mm. know, you know I don't know Talk
0: I'd, to I'd encourage you re- reach out to the, the team there maybe they can help uh, point you in the right direction but yeah
2: probably can. If they can figure out how to like Procore is supposed to be a one stop shop for everything right but then you still end up with a whole bunch of spreadsheets <laughs>
0: It's, it's a phenomenon. Yeah. Um, I think there's also a love for spreadsheets in the industry. (laughs) I am guilty of this as well. Um, So I have definitely gotten used to my, my templates, the things that I used to track and manage. Um, So having, you know, being in the shoes myself, I, I definitely know it's a comfort thing. Um, So yeah, we'll have to, See how we can maybe find something that's more comfortable, really, because then you know what's what's the motivation to move from something that's you know that you're friendly yeah. with you uh, <laughs> to something that's scary and new. So we'll see. That's a good point. Yeah,
2: I want to change the subject for one minute. I want to play Kyle's favorite game. Uh, Kyle, Kyle's favorite game here. So we, Aaron, we. I share a meme, so there's, I'm kind of known for memes on LinkedIn and stuff like that, so we share a meme, I share a meme, you'll be able to see it in a second, and Kyle has to describe the meme for all the people who are listening to the podcast and not watching the YouTube video.
1: If it's a picture of me right now, I'm going to be really pissed, Matt.
2: It's not a picture of you, that would have been a good idea, though.
1: Okay, and for anybody that's listening and can't see, my hair is a complete disaster, that's why I say that. Since nobody watches it's all good okay here we go so i've seen that <laughs> yeah. one before
0: it's a good one. <laughs> all
1: right so what we have here is we have it appears to be i'm gonna guess that's that's hard to say is that is that pvc could be could be could be metal I'm not sure I, it's probably a little bit of both i think it's a it's a frankenstein little bit of both even better for this circumstance (laughs) so we we, so for for our listening audience we have a what appears to be uh some piping metal PVC maybe both some kind of new hybrid um and then it's routed around a rock a boulder and not routed the way you think it would be where it goes around the side it goes up and over and then down into the ground um in a very peculiar manner, if I may say so myself. <laughs> um, I'm seeing, uh, we have a couple 90s, we got a couple 45s. It's, it, it's pretty cool to see actually, it's impressive. And then we have the client asking, why did you do that? Project manager says, moving the rock is not in our scope of work. I mean, are they wrong? Are they wrong? Not wrong.
2: <laughs> so I tried to find a construction technology meme. I couldn't. And so you ended up with a pipe going around a rock.
1: Well, so, did you, all good. Did you, did you share it with me on Google Google Drive? Because if you did,
2: I did. I actually put it in the meme generator GPT, and it that's what I got. Wow. Okay. That's,
0: that's
2: wow. <laughs> so, any other cool uh, technologies you see coming, Aaron, to kind of help uh, the uh, at least it kind of made the project management world?
0: Yeah, there there are so many. Um, I definitely can't pick one. Um, I mean, robotics, IoT. Um, uh, we we touched on GPT a little bit, so that's that's AI, yeah. um, generative AI, uh, all sorts of different things that are really knocking it out of the park. Um, a lot in the reality capture space as well. Um, so if let's see, there's a specific. Problem that you're having, I, I would encourage everybody just take a search, you know, reach out. There is almost definitely a solution out there. Um, so, when I first, you know, started in my career, there were maybe just a handful of startups that has quite literally exploded into thousands and thousands and thousands of solutions. Um, so, I'm very, very happy to recommend a solution depending on, you know, what problem it is that you're facing. So of course, feel free to reach out to me. Um, I would also direct uh, the audience or any listeners who are looking for a very quick um, one stop to see a really good list of solutions uh, to check out contactreviews.com. Um, so that's something that was put together by an industry colleague of mine as well, um, where it's essentially pulling in together a whole bunch of different construction tech solutions into one spot. You can find them by category and then it gives a little bit of a star rating so you can see um, what other people might think about it. But yeah, so a couple of resources there that might help with uh, finding some exciting stuff that's out there on the market.
2: so cool. What's your, we we always end up talking about AI for some reason on this podcast. What's your, (laughs) aside from any sort of GPTs, what's your favorite AI solution out there right now for the construction? Oh
0: man. Oh, for construction. Um. Let's see. Ooh, tough. <laughs> My favorite. oh man, that's, there's so <laughs> many out there. Um, the top three. I'll, I'll, I'll pick on one. I'll um, throw out their field AI, so they're pretty new on in the industry, so I first saw them at the ENR Future Tech Conference. They did the keynote, and it's essentially a brain for your robot. So you can tell your robot what to do, where to go, what to capture. And then you, in theory, don't really have to do too much. It just does it for you. Um, so that I'm really excited to see. So that's that's field AI. There are so many other other solutions out there, though, but I'll, I'll pick on that one for now.
2: That's pretty cool. I mean, I don't even think about it, but I guess, I mean, you have, to have solutions on top of solutions because you already have a robot, but then you have to put this thing into it to tell the yeah. robot what to do and how to work. So yeah. <laughs> We're
0: getting, we're getting fancy. We're getting fancy in the industry. We're cool. We're cool. Cool cool
2: industry. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. I, I shared, I found this guy, I'm going to go look up contactreviews.com but I found this notion uh, template that this guy put together and it was all these different construction technology solutions. He was basically just compiling them all and it was up to like 400 or something like that. Whenever I, I shared it in my newsletter and like, I found it like on a Tuesday and I said like, there's 400 items in here. Go check it out and then yeah. by the time i send it he got word of it and he goes it's actually up to like 600 now like in a week yeah. it's like it was just blowing there's up there's
0: thousands yeah thousands it's happening
2: so fast like yeah i guess i'm gonna ask you a question how did, what's the best way to it's, it's really hard to vet these things right so if i'm mm-hmm. if i'm trying to figure out a thousand like i don't even know where to start i have a problem i want to find a solution for this problem it's like it's harder you can't do demos on a hundred different things right no. like, or even then you go to the website and all their websites pretty right and like you're looking at yeah it like, okay cool right. like how do you go about vetting something
0: this one's shiny that one's shiny this one seems shinier <laughs> yeah um yep. yeah absolutely um so it all comes back to understanding the problem you want to solve and that is definitely step one so really understanding what your team's needs are will very quickly help you know cut out the fluff if you will, from other solutions that don't do that. So, come to the table with a hard checklist. Like, here are the three things that are are absolute, you know, non-negotiables. The solution must be able to do this. And very quickly, you'll see, like, oh, well, we're not able to provide a turnaround of reality capture in that time, or we don't quite do this, or we don't do all of these things at once. Um, so that will that will quickly whittle down your list to the few that. Are seriously solving your problem, um, so I would say that's a really good first step: um, is to know know what you're solving and have that written down and make that very clear. Um, and then you can take essentially your short list and then go through, um, you know, more more criteria on the demos. Um, so there, I could I could spend probably a couple of days talking about this because I've sat in <laughs> more than a few hundred uh you know evaluations demos at this point um but i would also you know recommend partner with um somebody who has been in the industry a while has been in the contact space a while um, someone like myself maybe uh, you can contact me at aaron at aaronconconsulting.com um, i'm always happy to chat and help give some recommendations or pointers for uh what i see as some of the top solutions in the market
2: I think it's good advice cuz I mean if you don't have a guide guiding you through something like this you don't even know where to start.
0: It's, it's overwhelming. Yeah. It is.
2: And I've seen a lot of like the same the same solution being answered but like which one's garbage, which one's good unless somebody's actually played with it and actually, you know, ran through the paces or got at least right. a demo of it like you don't even you just spin your wheel. Yep
0: and what what's worth piloting and how do you match you know a potential pilot with the right team to really yep. get the evaluation out of it so yeah it's it's an art form um one that i i like to you know continue to perfect so yeah no it's cool you know, it's
2: it's-
1: a- and, and what you said was, was so valuable, Aaron, there about really, you know, what is this piece of software or this solution, whatever it is, what is this supposed to do really well? And make sure you know those things. Because like our company, for example, we, we, we switched to a PM software this year. It's kind of like Procore, but it's a heck of a lot cheaper.
0: And mm-hmm. it does a lot. It does a
1: lot of things really, really well. But every month when I have to invoice, I'm tearing my hair out because it does not do that very well. And it's, oh, it's like it's days of time for me to get it the way it has to be. And I, I just like. But now it's too late obviously we're married to it to finish show up this calendar year and then we're switching that's it i can't do it anymore mm.
0: <laughs> yeah yeah and it's it's okay to say you know hey we'll give it a shot see how it works and yeah. make a change i mean that's it yeah. change is the only thing we can count on in the world so yeah that's <laughs> that's okay too it's a journey i think a lot of us are on
2: that's that's true yeah well if you got nothing else we'll wrap it there yeah well, I appreciate you coming on, Aaron. Uh, I think this was actually a really insightful. Actually, I've got more notes on this podcast. I've just been writing the whole time we've been talking. And so, <laughs> so it's, it's really, I love this stuff. It's been fun. Yeah, so,
0: it's a good, good topic. Uh, and thanks for having the podcast. So, I mean, uh, yeah. appreciate the opportunity to chat with you guys. Yeah. Anytime. Yeah, so
2: if people so want to catch you, give me your email one more time.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, my email is aaron at aaronconconsulting.com. Um, and the con is spelled K H A N. Just a small note there, because I think there, there actually is another um, Aaron Con Consulting with the A and the H flipped. So K H A N is mine.
2: <laughs> You'll end up on some Guardian Consulting website?
0: Yeah, I, I'm not quite, quite sure, but <laughs> yeah.
1: And some of us don't spell too well. I I, I boofed,
2: I'm two for two in boofing podcasts. This time I had the uh, the title spelled <laughs> wrong, so
0: <laughs> no worries, no worries.
2: <laughs> but anyway, thanks a lot, Aaron. This was a
1: good It's one. been awesome.
0: Yeah, thanks. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. it.